There's a lot of relationship and recreation time. There's physical and intellectual rebuilding. And lastly, when we get to financial, guess what? It's not saving money, it's spending money. All of this stuff, now we're going to argue that you don't have to spend tons of money to do this, but it is about output of money. It's, it's not a time to be saving money. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Good afternoon, Stephen. Mark, what is the word? Your shirt almost looks like it's buttoned up to the top, like our good friend Jefferson Bethke. I thought about that. You know, I sent Jefferson Bethke a screenshot of oh, your no. of your top button and vest little, little joke. You know, people who are listening, they they probably don't know what we're talking about unless they happen to catch the episode on YouTube, because we are now the Abraham's Wallet video podcast. Well, I can so. tell you most of them did not because I happened to have checked, I think yesterday, and I think it was hanging around 40 views. So I'm going to say yeah. most of them did not catch that particular joke. So if you want if you want to catch all the jokes, if you want to catch our poking fun at our friends at other even more popular podcasts, you have to watch us on video. You know what? While we're promoting things, I'll just throw in that today's topic, which people know what it is because they've read it already, Today's topic was brought to you by partially the good people at our volley channel because they're asking questions. We're interacting. I'm listening. And some, some of the things that people bring up, there's a couple of subjects that people have talked to us about. And I'm going, we, I can't believe we haven't talked about that yet. We've been doing this for years and these things are really basic to the kind of things that we have to offer people. And there's so many of these like key subjects that we haven't brought. We're, we're doing, we're going to check one of those boxes today, but thank you, Volley people. Thank you, Volley yeah. community. Agreed. So before we get into the meat and the potatoes today, yeah. I think we need to talk about the fact Which we that we can't the world, afford, we can't afford either meat nor potatoes well, right now. We'll talk about that too. The world has gone a little bit crazy, Stephen. Pricing is off in the world. So that is, that is coming through in the way the stock market is behaving. I wanted to give a quick Quick update in case any of the our listeners are Please. wondering, hey, what do we do about the stock market? It's also impacting things that you might not immediately assume were impacted. There's there's crazy trades being offered in our fantasy basketball league. Oh, and um, is that due to the market? I think it's due to the market. I mean, I'm the one offering those trades, so okay. um, it's the pressure that the market is putting on me that's causing. <laughs> Anyways, for the first time in quite a while, I am getting questions from worried investors saying, you know, my account is going down a lot every day. What's happening? Do I need to be worried? Do I need to change course? Why is the market going down? And we're not going to get into nitty gritty details today about that, but I did want to address it because we are ostensibly a financial podcast. Well, I would like to say at this juncture that people can go to the link that is right here and they could go watch the episode on inflation where we talk about that at length. That we even have a section that's the super nerdy section where we get into the very deep technical weeds about how and why inflation happens and what our government does to combat it. So if people want to know the whys, there it is. Now now you keep talking. 
if you want to know why things are going up and down like crazy right now, there's two big reasons. The first one is the one you just said, which is inflation remains, I think we can at this point say, out of control. It's it's Good. running wild like a bull in a china shop. Mm. And the china, there's lots of little china dolls that, that are just getting shattered by this <laughs> this inflation bull. Yes. Um, we're not going to go into that a whole lot because we already did a whole episode on it. But um, the other big thing that's driving instability in the markets right now is this very interesting situation on the border between Russia and Ukraine. Mm. Um, and I don't, we were just chatting before we started recording. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, we could talk a lot about whether this is even a real thing, whether the U.S. is trying to deflect attention from what's happening domestically. Uh, that could be, or maybe World War III is about to break up. Uh, but I did go back and look at what happens to the stock market when some of these sort of medium-sized wars around the globe have happened. You Not did a little World research. War- yeah, World War II... That's a different beast. I don't actually think we're headed for World War III. Um, but, uh, you know, if we look back to a lot of the conflicts in the Middle East that we've stuck our nose into, generally, stock markets do go down for a while. But the, the rebound tends to be pretty quick. So I'm not, I, I don't ever want to be one of these financial advisors that tells their clients, oh, it's fine, it's fine, and just rushes concerns under the rug. Yeah. But, the the instability in markets that happens due to sort of foreign wars seems to be rather short-lived. The main impacts that we would feel in the United States would be potential for significantly increased fuel costs for a while. We get a lot of gas from Russia, believe it or not. Uh, just the, the global uncertainty of having nuclear superpowers that are kind of staring each other down and fighting a proxy war. So, that seems to be what's happening. Now, let's talk about the some of the domestic impacts of all this uncertainty, which is that the, you're getting trade offers in the Fantasy League. Yeah, this is very important. And I, and I feel it's important to use our people's time for us to talk about our Fantasy NBA League. So would you describe the trade? that I'll describe the trade that you're well, offering. And let then me you just, can tell us the heart behind it, which I don't understand. Yeah, go go ahead. Okay, there was a magical time probably four years ago when Kevin Durant was injured and he was still hanging around, I think in the third round of the draft and he was hurt. And I was happy to draft him in the third round, draft a hurt guy. Are you kidding? He's an MVP. I took him. Um, And I've just really enjoyed having Kevin Durant on my team, except that he does enjoy the occasional injury. He's enjoying one right now. Um, I don't think his pay stops when he gets hurt. So anyways, he's, I mean, he's taking up money from my team. He's taking money from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and you have put your sights on my injured Kevin Durant and you're offering for him two nice chips. One of them is your own, your boy, the jazz, the Utah Jazz's own Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. So um, his numbers, as you're going to say when you try to sell me on this deal, his numbers are just below Kevin Durant's pretty well across the board, except in rebounds. It's not not as effective. And you're throwing on top of it 
the underappreciated and foolishly traded by the Dallas Mavericks, Seth Curry, who, if you put his numbers with uh, Mitchell's numbers, uh, the two of them together are in, over uh, 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 Durant in every category except, again, rebounds. So I don't know what to make of this trade. One, because you're offering me two shooting guards. Not sure what to do about that. Talk us through the trade. Help me understand. All right, I'm going to do this really quickly. I was in first place at one point in our league in this season. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. Maybe it was a fluke, but I am going to have to scrap to not be in last place for for the year. It's looking real bad for us. Okay. And as I survey the landscape of my team, I am saying it's time to prepare for next season. We're tanking for the draft. Um, For whatever reason, there's only one untouchable player on my team, and that would be the Luka Doncic. Um, Good for you. Not getting rid of Luka. uh, And when I look at your team, I I, I said, who is on the cusp of being able to win this whole thing right now? And I think you are within striking distance, but there's some space between you and number one. Yes. So I looked for teams like yours that I could uh-huh. target with a trade that makes you better this year. In the short give, term, it makes you better in the long term. Gives me a building block to to actually create a team that's not completely terrible like this year's uh, in, in future seasons. Um, I am of, you know, personally, I just think when you can win, you got to win now. It's just like you do, you go into that luxury tax, you do what you have to do because... The days of, I don't know, back in 2006 when Mark used to win two or three seasons in a row, <laughs> I think those days, days are over. Okay. Okay. They might be back if, if anybody dares to pair Luca with winners. If they bring any, any winners onto the Mavs, that, that, that might, I don't know, winning might be in your future at some point. Thank you for the uh, rationale. I'll take that. I'll take it away. I'll pray about it. I'll spend time on it. We'll get back to the trade later. For now, we're already 11 minutes in. Why don't you tell me real quick uh, a Lodo update in your world? I'll speak for myself and say we we are progressing uh, quite quickly into the into the deep throes of the freezer and the pantry. Yeah. So I had popcorn for lunch today. That's not a joke. I did. <laughs> I had a can of black-eyed peas, and I sautéed up some kale and some mushrooms. Okay. It was pretty delicious, but uh-huh. it might cause me distress later. Um, Gee, I distress. Here's how our load does going. Wait, you, have, you mentioned black-eyed peas. If you were walking to my house right now, I found a bag of you know dried black-eyed peas on my stove right now. There are black-eyed peas soaking in a pot. Black eyed peas must be what people purchase with no intention to eat it. We buy it for, I don't know, nostalgic reasons or something. And there it sits. And well, Lodo is the time to eat black eyed peas. Go on. We have choice meats for, we could do four months of Lodo before our freezer ran out. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else has been a humongous struggle. So the kids packed for their lunches. They, they made some tortillas. And then they made some tuna salad 
which was from a can of tuna that was close to expiration. And it takes oh, tuna cans like eight years to expire. <sighs> but they made themselves tuna tortillas and like some crackers that were left over from a New Year's party with some peanut butter on them. And Love we it. didn't have fruits or vegetables, which I did have to go to the store last night and buy carrot sticks and some apples because my wife is very insistent on fresh fruit and vegetables. Sure. So I would say in in some ways we're we're high on the hog and in other areas we're in the back of the pantry. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. Now, let's rock it. Are you ready to rock it? I'm ready to rock it. Okay. What we're going to talk about today is vacations. How to think about vacations and before this episode is over, we're going to give you a little a incredible offer on a timeshare through Abraham's wallet, right? If you act now, <laughs> you won't believe the benefits that are going to come screaming into your pocket if you buy. It's a special package. It's the Abe's wallet package, and it's in the desert in Israel, but it's very special. Okay, we're going to talk about how to think about vacation. And before we're done, we're actually going to give you a little uh, a, a work uh, an experimental kind of uh, exercise to walk through so that if you ask yourself a couple of questions, I guarantee your next vacation is going to be superior. Okay. And, and uh, we might post this somewhere that you can get, get your hands on this PDF. So I can't talk about vacations without, you know, where I'm going to go first, the Bible. If we just look at what's God's attitude towards vacations, Okay, if you don't know this, I'm going I'm to run you real fast through the fact that um, God designated for his people that there would be seven, seven celebrations, pauses in their normal life, times to go away, seven. And Leviticus 23 kind of screams through them all. The, the Feast of Unleavened Bread of Pentecost and Sukkot, they're all pilgrimage feasts which means they're not just something you observe on a Thursday night and then get on with your life. They all include travel. It's a part of the deal. All of these getaways included this pattern where there was a, a convocation or a holy meeting. There was a holy meeting of some kind. This is, I don't know why that's my number one for me, but it's number one. Number two, there was feasting at an appointing time in, in each of these things. And lastly, there was, there was rest or recreation. There was communal time. So I'm just going to run through these real quick for you to, I'm going to walk you through how many times God wants us to rest. Okay. The first and most common type of rest day is Mark. The Shabbat. The Shabbat. The word Shabbat means seventh day. It's the seventh day of the week and it's one day every week. And he commands, you're going to rest on this day and look at it. Look at it. There's a holy there's a holy uh, uh, meeting uh, on each Sabbath. There's feasting and there's rest or communal time. That, that, so that's consistent throughout. That's one day a week. The Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah is two days. The day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is one day. Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, is eight days. Passover or unleavened bread, a Passover, which goes into unleavened bread. Passover is an evening unleavened bread is eight days total. First fruits is one day. 
with seven days of specific eating on first fruits. Pentecost or Shavuot is one day. And Purim is, is uh, unique because it is not something that is um, mandated, but it's described in scripture and it's mentioned as if it's a, if it's a regular thing. And that's a two day deal. So if we put all those together, it's 72 days a year by my dumb guy uh, addition, 72 days a year that God wants put aside for rest and celebration. That's a lot of time. And I wonder, are you our, our Abrahamic listener? Are you celebrating anywhere near that much? Let's just look look at these kinds of getaways from a five capital standpoint. So what's the purpose of these getaways? Okay, one, there's spiritual observation. In, in none of these that I can find, in none of these is spiritual observation take up all of the time. So for instance, this the, the eight days around Sukkot, it's not eight days of of 24-hour worship services. There is a holy meeting, and that's a point, and that has to be protected, but it's not all of the time, okay? So that kind of checks that box. Then there's relationship and community building. You remember Jesus getting lost with his parents when he was 12? They were on a Sukkot pilgrimage, and we know that there was, obviously, there was hanging out. Jesus is running around they think he's with friends or relatives or something, and they can't find him. So there's all of this kind of mixing and mingling that happens, and that's part of the deal. So there's a lot of relationship time and community time. And then I'm going to put uh, the next two things inside recreation. So when, when I think of recreation, I don't just think of playgrounds. I think of recreation, recreating yourself. That's recreation. So how do you recreate this is something that people don't really think too much about although it would be a helpful exercise for you to do so what actually recreates your spirit and recreates your mind and recreates your body and your health it might be that when you go away and do your go away times you should set some standards about you know what when we eat cinnamon rolls and doritos and oreos all day i feel like do at the end of the day we're not doing that on this getaway. You know what I love? You know what makes me really happy is when we eat lean meats and vegetables. I don't, I'm just suggesting that. I don't, you don't have to eat that, but you just do the thought. You know what? Eating, having smoothies for lunch really makes me feel light on my feet and makes me feel good. It's healthy. Why don't we make that a, a go to this recreation thing, both physically, um, and I do mean exercise and I do mean, uh, food. I do mean sleep, recreating yourself physically and intellectually. What turns my brain on and gets me thinking? Well, as Mark's going to say, there's all kinds of experiences that can do that for us. There's type of books that can do that for us. And there's type of books and entertainment and viewing that do the opposite. And they turn us off and they, and they make us feel sluggardly, which is not the point. So there's recreation, it's starting at the top. There's spiritual observation. There's moments that are planned for. There's a lot of relationship and recreation time. There's physical and intellectual rebuilding. And lastly, when we get to financial, guess what? It's not saving money, it's spending money. That All of this stuff, now we're gonna argue that you don't have to spend tons of money to do this, but it is about output of money. It's, it's not a time to be saving money. 
I just this week, this is one of the reasons that we're, we're on this topic this week. I had a big conversation this week um, with a dude who I'll tell you millionaire, millionaire guy who has never spent on his family. That is his large family of children and grandchildren never spent more than a thousand bucks a year on celebration with his family. That includes all vacations. That includes uh, Thanksgiving day, Christmas, whatever. And I, well, that's my job to be honest with people. And I lovingly challenged him on that. And let, I know that some people are in this um, state where they're, they don't do up uh, time away. So I just want to pause here for a second. And I'd like to put an ax to the root of the tree for the people who don't celebrate. There's a problem with you not celebrating. One is you're teaching the people in your family that money is only to be saved and stored and never to be enjoyed. That's not biblical. I'm going to give you two, two verses real quick. First Timothy 4, 4 says, everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. So if you are um, experientially teaching the people in your family, money is something that is burdensome and tiresome to us. We have a very small mind of what money can do for us. It's not to be enjoyed. It's not a good gift from God that we're happy about and we receive with gladness. Let me tell you something. Your children and your children's children are going to have a reaction against that. That's not a good message to teach your children. I'm going to give you one more verse on that. Ecclesiastes 5.18. Here is what I have seen to be good and fitting. Uh, it's it's 5.18 through 20. Here's what I have seen to be good and fitting, to eat and drink, to find enjoyment in all the labor in which he labors under the sun during the few days of his life, which God gives him. For this is his allotted reward. And every man to whom God has given riches and possessions He has also given the power and ability to enjoy them and to receive this as his allotted portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. So we we believe in, just to lay this out, we believe in living under your means. That's called a budget. We believe in having a distrustful relationship with luxury it's great to enjoy some things sometime. It's dangerous to enjoy everything all the time to, for your life to be padded with comfort and luxury. We talked about that. We talked about wealth is not the goal. However, there are things that the Lord commands us regarding celebration, yea, and verily vacations that we are supposed to be willing to spend and to enjoy what God has given us. Now, And so the last thing I would say about somebody who's not um, vacationing and spending money like that is you're being miserly with your money. You're not demonstrating that it's a blessing as well as a responsibility. And your children are going to rebel against this in one way or another. They're either going to go way into the deep end of being even more of a miser than you are. And they're going to be grumpy and not have the joy of God around celebrations. Or they're going to rebel against you by going bonkers with money. As soon as they get their own money, they go, I'm not doing what, what dad did. I'm going to go crazy with it. All right. There are a lot of very basic biblical ideas that people are ignorant on. And even tithing is one of them. Because your local church usually goes, your tithe means you give us a tenth of your money. 
the end. Uh, that that's a really um, for those who aren't watching on the video podcast. He held out his hand and pointed to it. Give give us the money. Um, that's a really um, immature and um, incomplete picture of of what tithing is. There there are actually several tithes in the Bible, and I'm going to read one to you right now. This is Deuteronomy 14. Listen to this. As Mark said, long passage here about tithing. Ready? Every year. So how often, everyone? Every every year. You shall certainly tithe a tenth of all of the yield of your seed, which is produced in your field. That is to say, we would say income. You shall do something with this tithe. There's a verb I'm skipping over. You shall do something with this tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil and the firstborn of your herd and your flock before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to establish his name so that you may learn to fear and worship the Lord your God with all filled reverence and profound respect. And you should do this always. Do you know what that verb is that you're supposed to do with your tithe? Mark? Eat. That's the verb. You're to eat it. That is, consume it. Can you imagine what a week would be like? Just let your mind go wild. One week in which you consume a tenth of your income. For the year? For the year. Read, Read Deuteronomy 14. And sit on it. <laughs> Just deal with it. It's right there in your Bible. It, it, here's what it, and here's what else it says. This is verse 24 of, of Deuteronomy 14. If the place where the Lord your God chooses to set his name is a great distance from you, and you're not able to carry your tithe. So it's in Jerusalem. I live in Cincinnati. It's hard to get to Jerusalem. It's a long way off from me. Well, what do you have your tithe in? Well, you, you have it in bank accounts or, or investment accounts, or I don't know what you have it in. These people had it in goats and sheep. And you're not able to carry your tithe because your Lord, the God has blessed you with such an abundance that we can't get it all there. He doesn't say, well, then don't worry about it. Here's what he says. Then exchange your tithe for money and take the money in your hand and go to the place of worship, which the Lord your God chooses. Now, that's tough waters there. I don't know what exactly to say about that, except pray about it, I guess I would say. You may spend the money, listen to this, you may spend that money, you've taken a tithe of your income and you turned it into money. You may spend that money on anything your heart desires. Oxen, sheep, wine or other strong drink. There it is. I'm a teetotaling Baptist boy from Houston, Texas, and you can't get around the fact that it's written right there. Wine or other strong drink, or if you, if what you really like to do is uh, that parasailing deal when you're behind the, the speedboat, but you're up in a balloon. No. Floating that, nobody, that's nobody's hobby. Yeah. It says in, you're right. In verse 26, it says, Oxen, sheep, wine, strong drink, or anything else you want. I like to jet ski, personally, and I like the family to go out on a pontoon boat. I think that's kind of fun. You and your household, anything else you want, you shall eat there in the presence of the Lord. What's the worship that's required in this passage? Eating and consuming. 
that feels so bad to us as like evangelicals. We, that is all wrong. This should all go towards poor people. The Bible says plenty about giving to poor people, not here, not in this passage. You shall eat it in the presence of the Lord and rejoice you and your household. We're not talking about never being generous. We're not talking about destroying all of your wealth, soaking it up on yourself. We're talking about there's a passage where God commands you to enjoy it, commands you to consume vacation. So I just want to make one more comment here that verse 26 says, you'll eat it in the presence of the Lord and rejoice you and your household. This is the opposite of the millionaire uh, example I gave. When you're rejoicing in front of God with your family and your children and your grandchildren, you go, aren't we wealthy? Hasn't God been so good to us? Isn't it fun that we have this incredible feast out here on the pontoon boat in the middle of the lake and that we can have the money to do these things because God commands us to enjoy these things? Which of those deals, the millionaire miser who refuses to celebrate or the guy who annually gets the whole family together and rejoices over what's got, which one does the do the children and grandchildren want to emulate and go, I want to keep living that way because I, I experience the goodness of God in what we do as a family. I suggest it's the latter and you're commanded to do it in Deuteronomy 14. It sounds so scary to think about telling <laughs> yes. people to, to tell people about this rule that they can go this is the time where you you don't tolerate the the flat of the brisket you're going only for the point uh, that's the word of the case. lord uh i want to talk about then if we think that vacation is a part of a healthy family culture and rhythm for most people it uh, is why would you take vacations? I'm going to touch this really briefly, but there's a lot of reasons why you might take vacations. Celebration, you kind of mentioned that. Uh, that's one of them. You know, you might take a vacation to celebrate your 10th anniversary. You might take a vacation to celebrate the fact that your kid just graduated from high school. Lots of celebration opportunities that could be marked by a trip. Um, I p would propose that just pure relaxation is one reason you might take a vacation. My wife and I just went to the Dominican Republic last year and we tend to be the types that were like, okay, if we're going to go to Napa, we went to Napa once because she had a conference there. So we made a little vacation of it and I like packed activity. We're going to do a 10 mile run in the morning. We're going to do a road bike tour of this whole area in the afternoon. We're going to like just jam it full. This trip we did last year to the Dominican, we did just sat on the beach <laughs> and we played golf once, but mostly we just sat on the beach and had good food. And that was about it. Um, not something I normally would have planned. It was incredibly wonderful. Uh, so occasionally a vacation for relaxation. Um, you know, you might take a trip just to develop a unique family experience. I'm going to talk about our trip to India several times, but we went to India of 2019 and um, it to this day is this wellspring of experiences we had as a little crew that there's trinkets sitting around my house from that trip. And every time we walk past one, we think, do you remember that 
that thing that no one else that wasn't there understands, but that we experienced together, that, that is something we couldn't have done on a staycation at the house. Like people would be like, yeah, we, we kind of know what you guys do here. So, um, and then lastly, a lot of people that I talk to, they want to travel to experience new cultures and expose their family to, to, you know, other, other ways of living and all that. And I'll just say this, you don't have to go to Japan to do this. So bro, if you live in Silicon Valley, if you live in, you know, East coast, and you just take a week in Arkansas, your mind will be expanded. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking about our little week in Hot Springs, Stephen, which we certainly didn't get new cultural experiences of the uh, high culture variety. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we we did see a different way of living. Yes. True. Uh, and that way involved a, a fair bit of catfish. <laughs> True. So I think that those are kind of the reasons why I think it's important once you say, here's why we're going to take a vacation that you understand that there's different, just because you're getting on an airplane does not make something a vacation. Um, we talk a lot, you know, we live in Utah where there's a lot of mountain fun stuff to do. And when you have two year olds, we tell everybody you you should never, ever, ever set out and say, we're going to go skiing as a family that's setting yourself up for disaster. You say, we're going to put all the ski equipment and the children in our car and drive it away from our house. And anything that happens after that is gravy. So um, I think of vacations with, with kids sometimes the same way. There's, there's a difference between a vacation and a trip. Uh, And both could be great and fill some of those different roles up there. But don't say, we're doing relaxation and we're taking our newborn and our three-year-old to the beach. That's, that's a fool's errand because you're True. going to be just trying to keep them from drowning, which that might be fun. It might be an experience for the family, but it's not going to be relaxation week. Um, so there's trips, there's vacations. I also would say there's missions and a mission could be something like personal. We're going to go climb Mount Hood. Uh, I'm going to go heli skiing with the, with the boys and just get after it for a week in a way that I probably couldn't do if I was with my whole family. Uh, a mission could be, Hey, there was a hurricane down in Texas and we're going to go build houses and repair stuff as a family for a week. Um, there's a lot of missions. They don't all have to be mission trips to be a mission, but if you're going for an objective, that's probably not going to be relaxing, but maybe doesn't feel that uh, family trip thing that maybe that's a mission. So those are the different types of vacations. Um, and I think there's room to fit all of these into your year. Yes. But I, I just want to throw in that I, I recommend, I had a conversation with somebody this week that I recommend that you look at your year and try to figure out a good diet of those things. So in our year right now, this is just because we're in school. So we have a Christmas break. We actually have a spring break and a fall break. And of course, we have summer break. So we're, we're looking at those. And not everyone has to be a week long in, in the Alps, right? Uh, you can do a variety of things. And you should consider the diet for the year. Well, we're going to have this, this trip that's like at the end of the summer. And that'll be our kind of blowout. Uh, that'll be our, our Deuteronomy 14 time. That's when we're going to really resort it up. 
And then we think that spring break's a good time for a service trip of some kind. Well, I think we can have a, uh, a spiritual building time in the fall that is a kind of a mixture of, of some spiritual time. And it would also help our minds. Maybe we go to a conference, but it would also be a mixture of relaxation, et cetera. And just consider the whole year together as opposed to just dumbly going into the year and going like, I don't know what's, what's open at spring break. Okay. We'll go to the beach. Then I guess we'll go to my parents for Christmas. What we're going to be encouraging you to do is to be a little more thoughtful and intentional about the way that you use these times. So I recommend a diet of each of these things. Mark has mentioned an experience, a celebration, rest time, or just relaxing and then missions. And those are, those are great things. You, you know, your family might be at a place where we, we can't do missions. We got four under the age of five. Okay. That's fine. But you, you can come up with a diet of some kind. Well, Going to the beach in that case counts as a mission on my book. Because yeah, that's right. Your mission is don't don't lose any team members. That's right. Um, so that, that it's probably worth saying here. I think that before I had kids and before I actually took big trips with kids, even after I had like two kids, I never really got out there and traveled a lot with them because I thought, well, we're kind of limited in this phase of life to, you know, family friendly, easy to wrangle the kids type vacations. And then we had that, that opportunity to go to India and we had a two-year-old and a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. And it was a 27-hour flight two flights, but total of 27 hours to get there. Um, we were going through Hong Kong. We did all, I mean, it was bananas and chaotic and it was also the most fun I've ever had on a family vacation. So awesome. my encouragement to people is if you have little kids, you don't have to go to India, but be willing to do things that sound like, wow, that might be really hard to pull off. Uh, and you might surprise yourself with uh, how, resilient your kids are and how they can jump in and kind of travel and vacation with you. Um, as long as you don't think that's going to be a relaxation trip again. Um, yeah. but how, how do you do this stuff? So if we're talking about this, yes, I think it's great to set aside money every year. Um, Steven, I don't know how you feel about this. I think that it's good to set aside some of, of the tithe, the biblical tithe for celebration I also don't think that's the same thing as generosity dollars. No, it's not the same. There's, there are at least three tithes in the Bible. They're, they're totally separate and they require us lowering the budget that we use to live on every month because I'm, I'm going to, I mean, this is the idea behind Lodo and behind budgeting in general. We're going to live below what we could live on month to month because there's more important things that we want to do with our money. And one of those things, it might not be 10% of your money, um, but one of those things we're going to significantly give towards uh, celebrating as a family or doing any of these things as a family. And I challenged the, uh, the, the millionaire that I had a conversation with that we're going to, we, let's agree on making a floor for how much money you spend because you're not comfortable spending money and we need you to spend more for the sake of your family. I think that there's, there's setting aside some money 
And then there's also ways to do vacation without breaking the bank that uh, can can be helpful. So we have a whole episode on uh, how to use credit cards to get benefits. And the OG winner of all credit card benefits is the travel points and miles and things like that. Uh, I got a credit card that I've talked about, I think, on this show that gave me 200,000 miles for signing up, which is Shazam. two trips anywhere for my whole family um, if, we, if we shop smart with the miles. Um, so there's, there's ways to kind of find those deals. Um, Steven, you guys are quite good at wrangling free travel benefits. Do you have any? Thank you, Mark. Anything to kick in on the hot tips for families? Well, my hot tip is that wherever you, whatever airport that you live by, if it's a hub for any airline, get that airline's credit card. I do this every year. Get that airline's credit card. Spend until you've hit the minimum for that. So you get their status thing and you get all of the perks there. Then you put that card aside. And what we do is we hit our minimums, um, our minimum spends on credit cards. But the one that's in my wallet most of the time, there it is right here, um, is I'm not advertising for this credit card. I don't make any money for it. Can you just, can you hold it up closer to the camera so everybody can see the number? Well, uh, no, I won't do that. But um, <laughs> actually, the, it's one of these uh, futuristic credit cards where there's no number on the front of it. But what we do is we our regular spend is is on uh, hotel stuff. So we we haven't spent money on a hotel in years and years, and that that includes uh, vacations, um, little getaways. You know, I, I've got a I've got an anniversary coming up this year that is a celebration anniversary, and we'll be going to some wonderful location, and we'll be staying on that credit card's uh, points. So what, what anniversary is it? We're constantly collecting those. Big year for us, number two zero, twentieth uh, nice. anniversary this year. And um, I've also, I, I should probably, I don't know if this would help the people or not, but I, my fiftieth is coming up this year, my fiftieth birthday. I don't mess around with the big birthdays. I blow it way, way, way out. For my fortieth anniversary, my fortieth uh, anniversary, my fortieth anniversary of life, fortieth anniversary of being alive. I. Um, my, my big concept was 40 hours, 40 hours in which I'm doing what I want to do with the people I want. So I just had night after night and, and, and uh, day after day of events that I wanted. So you could go on a golf outing. I'd say, okay, well, that's five hours out of my 40. Now we're going to have a basketball thing. That's two hours. And I filled it up with 40 hours of delight. It was great. Oh, I want to wow. do something better than that for 50. I am in process of planning the 40th birthday mm-hmm. right now. Well, something so, to think through. So you can you can use points. You can get credit cards. Here's a tip. Travel in weird seasons. So if you wanted to, say, sit down at the beginning of a calendar year, Stephen, and plot out your travel year, your vacations as a family. Yes, do that. Thought, it would be great if there was somebody on the internet or even like some podcast people or something that yeah. produced maybe a guide for me yeah, that would help me do that. Would we be able to give any advice to that person? Yes. Oh, uh, we have that guide. 
and I'm going to either attach it to this somehow, or I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing I'll definitely Here's do. what we're going to do. We're yeah. going to do what we always do. And yeah. we don't give that guide out. That's one of the few things we don't <laughs> give out for free here at the Abraham's Wallet podcast. You have to give us your email or we uh, don't give you the guide. Okay. Okay. So, and how do they give us their email? They go to abrahamswallet.com. Put a link to a place where people can go and enter their email. Yes, and then yes. 24 hours later, they will receive the the guide once we verify that the email is not uh, some sort of spoof email. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's right. They, you can get a guide and you can do this planning. And one of the things that I think you should consider, this is on our calendar this year for this summer, is just have a week that says vacation and don't plan six months ahead where you're going to go because... Last summer, we had that vacation week and my wife was taking care of a patient and she said, oh, what are you doing this summer? She's like, well, I just got back from Alaska because tickets are $160 a person to go to Fairbanks. And we had three, two and a half, three weeks until our vacation week. So we got on and sure enough, Delta was offering tickets at that price and off we went and it was actually different, but a kind of a cool adventure as a family to be like, we don't really have any plans. We're just here. We did our very best to plan in the t- week before we came, but um, it was exciting as a family. So you can take advantage of kind of market glitches with travel. If you were to say you had a vacation next week and you lived in Salt Lake City, I just talked to somebody who told me, hey, tickets right now to Scotland are dirt cheap. So they're just going to jet off to Scotland and see what they can get into. And I nice. think that's actually a kind of a fun yeah, way that's great. to see interesting places. As long as you don't accidentally like venture into Canada where they're going to detain you and put you in jail. Just, <laughs> right. um, if you claim the name of Jesus, yeah, listen, be careful with some places, but um, well, I'm kind of, I'm eager to share my strategic vacation guide with people. Am I not allowed to walk through that right now? Do they have to, do they have to click in to see what the goodies that are inside? No. Why don't you, why don't you come out with it? We have about 10 minutes left. Okay. I'm going to just tease it a little bit and I'll just say, if you, if you ask for the strategic vacation guide, you're going to get something that will talk to you about this diet, this diet of, of, uh, of the kinds of trips that you could take in a year. You'll be, you'll be encouraged to think through that. Then you'll be encouraged to think through um, where in our life right now do we need recalibration or perspective? Just be thinking, you know, if I could go away from my normal life and, and let's say that I could meet with God, let's say I could make an appointment with God, what would I like to have recalibration or perspective on in my life right now? What would I like him to address? Then we walk through, and I have loved this conversation with my wife over the years, we simply ask the question, how can I truly recreate, recreate at right now in my life? So we think about things like, as I've already mentioned, this isn't new. I'm going to, I'm just giving you a guide that talks you through everything that we've discussed. What would, what would our exercise look like so that we would truly recreate? I can speak for myself and say, I tend to stay up late and then sleep in late. That's my normal life. I don't like doing that. If I'm in control of my whole schedule, I would love to go to bed at 9, 30, 10 every night. I'd love to get up at 5, 30 or 6. 
I'd love to exercise every morning and I'd love to have a light, light breakfast with my family. That just seems so wonderful to me. Well, guess what? A light it, breakfast. It, yeah. I like a light breakfast. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, that's strange. Cause you like a heavy dinner. Well, I like food in general. Yeah. But Lots if, of cream-based dishes is what well, I the, think of when I think of Stephen well, Manuel. This is, food. The, this, is the, this is the interesting thing is that like if I go to a restaurant and I just go, what tantalizes me? Really, we're talking about lust, a version of lust. When I just look at the menu and go, what? That looks like the creamiest, sauciest thing I've ever seen. Well, okay, yes. But if I, if I were to think ahead, which is what we're doing with the Strategic Vacation Guide, if I were to think ahead, you know what really makes me feel good and energizes me is I Yada. like granola and fruit for breakfast. That's what I like. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of, it can be hard to prepare that and get all the fruit ready. Well, we should prepare it. We should prepare for this is what we like. This makes us feel good. This recreates us. So that's why we're doing the, the thought work ahead of time including sleep. What would our sleep schedule look like? Well, I know we all have been on the vacation where it's like, great, nobody's here. We don't have a schedule. Let's stay up till one watching dumb movies. And then the next day you feel groggy and sluggish and go like, well, this, well, I, we did it. We stayed up till one watching Netflix. I, okay, we did it. No, 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 no. Ask what would really recreate us from a sleep standpoint, from a food standpoint. There have been times when I've had this conversation with my wife and she goes, honestly, what would help me recreate and relax would be to go to a spa and get my nails done. Okay, that's fine. And sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's very different than that. And it's, I want to get out there, as you said, Mark, I want to get out there and do something. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, It could be movies. But my guess is if we think ahead of time, as opposed to just being in the moment and go, what do we feel like we want? If we think through it, there'll be things that you should and shouldn't read, which will recreate you. Probably having a strong diet of us weekly the whole time you're uh, away on your vacation, probably not going to recreate your inner man. There's probably some reading that you want to do. It's there by your bedside. You don't take the time to do it. But gosh, if I could if I could go away and spend some time working through this stuff in my brain, that would recreate me. I think that conversation is really important. And, and then basically what the guide will help you do is take this list of things and then simply, this isn't brain science, uh, take those things and insert them in the calendar of your time away, including how could we have conversations as a family around some of these subjects. How can we meet with God alone and together? That's, of course, that's going to be our, our uh, priority. And d- depending on the trip, you might ha- give 20 minutes a day to time with God. Well, in some trips, you might spend three hours a day with God because there's a different thing going on with our life. You, and you should decide that and think of it ahead of time. So time alone with God, time together as a family talking about God's stuff. And what a wonderful thing if you develop a rhythm and an expectation and a tradition in your family that when we go away, there's a kind of a God topic that's on the table and we're working through this thing. And you, dad, prepare three little God moments ahead of time. And you're going to trot those out as you go through the week. Well, we know we're talking about, 
I don't know, generosity this week. So let's look at this passage over dinner. This is going to be our conversation. How does our family give? You know, it makes a great topic for a, a family getaway, your family vision statement. Makes a great topic for a family getaway. Just something for you to consider. Um, and then we also plan for in that week, what would our fun be? And I don't mean haphazard, lazy. Well, I guess there's, you know, back to <laughs> what Mark said, uh, the lazy. You know, it looks like they're selling people to go up on this parasailing deal. I guess we could do that. No, no, no. We've thought ahead of time. What would be totally blast, killer fun? Then let's plan for that. And not sluggishly fall into the lazy. I don't know what everybody's doing. What's everybody doing around here? I don't know that we can do this. Let's let's plan ahead and and have that fun. So, anyways, and then we talk through them. I, I'll just say that my, the little last thing I'll tease about the guide is that you actually talk through these things with your family and go, well, we thought that having a day of swimming with the dolphins would be really delightful for us. How did that go, everybody? You've talked about Not this part with your kids and everybody goes like, it wasn't really very fun. And we were surrounded by people. We actually, the time we were touching a dolphin was about eight seconds altogether. And it wasn't, it wasn't very fun. Huh? Well, let's talk about that. What, what did we get wrong? And what do we learn from that? And what should we do going forward? And just talk through all of these moments that we had planned as these are our big high points. We think of the week we're going into. So simply thinking through these things, I think will give you a heck of a better getaway experience with your family, regardless of which kind of um, trip you're going on. Can Can I ask though? Did you guys actually swim with dolphins? I'm trying to think. We did something. We did something at a at a Sea World. I don't know if it was a dolphin or it was a stingray thing. I think it was a dolphin I feel experience. Like- yeah. I feel like if you get in the water with dolphins and you're only touching them for eight seconds, you you won because those things are sexual predators. Uh, dolphins will come after you in an uninvited and highly personal way. Okay. Well, so, it sounds like there's some trauma in your past that you might not have dealt with. Um, I have never been taken advantage of by a dolphin, but I have heard many stories of people who were severely violated by dolphins. Oh my stars! Well, they're I think dirty, that's probably dirty a creatures. Completely different podcast. That's probably not this podcast. It's probably a different one. Okay. Well, just I think they're kind of like humans with zero morals and really good swimming ability. Okay, that's okay. Just think about what you would do if you had no morals. <laughs> but you could swim really great. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited for this vacation guide. How do people get their hands on it? Is it going to oh, have a link in the show notes? Is, yeah, is I'm so glad to, you asked. Um, how much there, are we charging? There'll what? be a link in the show notes. It'll be completely free. All you have to do what? is, all you have to do is get onto our uh, email list at abrahamswallet.com. And, uh, you could just go to that right now, skip, you know, skip anything else. You can type it in. You can literally type it in, give so, us your email and we're going to send you that. Everyone that's already on the email list will receive this guide. You're the one that made the promise. Uh, you you'll have to do it. You want to do it? Yeah, that's fine. We'll send okay. a, we'll send an email to the list out with the vacation planning guide. And if you're not on the list, we're going to give you, I don't know, a few days 
to mm-hmm. get on the list before we blast that thing off. Okay. And if you're listening to this and it's 2024 and you're just going back through old episodes, then by that time we will probably have just made this broadly available and you can get it in or the if link. If you can't find it, up. you could always just email us and ask for it. Yeah, how do the it people exists. email us? They could even get on the Volley channel and ask for it. Maybe we'll That's give it true. to Volley. I would like th- this to be available to Volley listeners a little bit ahead of the general release. Okay, well, we could give it to them um, as soon as this goes live. And then yeah. we can wait like a week for people to sign up for the email list. And then you can do a blast to everybody. Okay. I like doing business like this, just in full plain view of the listeners. Cause they get to see, they get to see behind the curtain of how this podcast works. It's not, <laughs> yeah, all, right. Which means, it's not all chuckles and, and you know, dolphin jokes here at the, uh, yeah, right. I'll tell you how it works. It works like we're in a locomotive and on the locomotive, we're building track. And we throw the track in front of us while we're going. That's how it works. I don't know. We had notes today, so I yeah. don't feel like that's a, a fair uh, description of our operation. But okay, say what you will. Well, thank you for all the thoughts, Stephen. Thank you for giving us a biblical foundation for why we should spend our money on vacation and celebration and uh, recreation. Uh, and I hope that we gave everybody some nuggets to take away on how they might tailor a vacation experience to their own unique family vision and at least whetted the appetite for yes. this uh, guide that would be kind of a, an in-depth dive on that, that idea. Awesome. Thank you. And there's no way you're getting Kevin Durant.